You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk. Hi, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. And I'm Carmi Levy. I'm back from a couple of weeks in New York City, and I can't wait to share some of what I saw and learned while I was there. And we can't wait to hear all about it. If you're just joining us, Stephanie was in the Big Apple as part of the Canadian Technology Accelerator program. It's big news for Voices.com, and more importantly, big news for our voiceover community. Turning to the movie industry, last week we talked about DreamWorks' big gamble with its new animated release, Home. The movie opened last weekend, and the big question on everyone's mind is... How did it do? Will it save DreamWorks? Find out in the biz. In Tech Talk, we'll look at an interesting trend in computers. They're getting cheaper. A lot cheaper. But is a $150 computer enough for the average voice professional? Can you edit your demo reels on one or produce your next sound project with it? We'll find out. In VoxBox, the Midwest VoiceOver Conference is fast approaching. We'll be there. Will you? And we'll talk about tea, honey, and all the things we drink to take better care of our voices. But first, it's time for The Biz. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. Once again, a big-budget animated movie is making headlines. That's right, Stephanie. We talked about DreamWorks Animation last week and how it's been on a long losing streak lately. Thanks to four straight box office duds, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, Penguins of Madagascar, Turbo, and Rise of the Guardians, DreamWorks lost hundreds of millions of dollars and was forced to shut down one of its studios. So a lot was riding on its latest release, Home. The alien invasion tale stars Jim Parsons, Rihanna, Jennifer Lopez, and Steve Martin, and it opened last weekend across North America. And the good news is moviegoers seem to agree that this is a good movie. It was number one at the box office, pulling in a healthy $54 million in its opening weekend. Investors liked the results so much that they sent DreamWorks shares higher by 7.5% in pre-market trading. They were expecting the movie to pull in only $30 million. That's great news, especially as we get set for a busy summer of animated film releases, including Pixar's Inside Out next month. Will the early success of Home be enough to turn the tide at DreamWorks, though, Carmi? I think we wish it could. I mean, I think we're all pulling for DreamWorks to pull out of its dive and really present a strong competitor to Pixar. Uh, You want to have a number of studios that are in strong financial health so they can produce great projects that moviegoers love. Um, but I think it's a little too early. Yes, this is a very strong start, uh, but this is a marathon. You know, it's only $54 million in. They've got to make up hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, domestic box office, uh, European and global box office, as well as movie rentals, online streaming, and merchandising. So this is a story that's off to a really great start, but I think there's a, a lot yet to tell. The next few weeks and months will be crucial for the studio. So a lot of these studios actually do make the majority of their money in merchandising. So what does it look like for them with this new film? Are there any characters that are quite notable and lovable and you just want to turn them into all kinds of good stuff to line the shelves? DreamWorks, uh, outside of the the Shrek franchise, has never really been into the sort of the merchandising thing. They've never really had a big hit uh, in that regard, a merchandising hit on the same lines as, say, Toy Story or The Incredibles. And I think that really is DreamWorks' challenge is that home, even though 
though it's successful at the box office, it really hasn't transcended to become kind of a frozen class uh, movie success. This isn't something that everyone is talking about as the big thing for the upcoming holiday season. It'll be a really big movie, but are we going to be buying home dolls by November, December? I'm not really sure yet. Yeah, I don't know about that either. But you just think back to all the other studios who have obviously found a way to leverage their characters to tell really good stories. That's what is at the heart of all of this, right? It's the storytelling and the characters that they develop. So um, in previous podcasts, I know we've talked a lot about Toy Story and how that kind of um, the whole franchise of those movies, how well they're doing. And of course, looking forward to the next one that's going to come out. Uh, But, you know, they don't have DreamWorks, I should say, doesn't seem to have the same kind of, um, I guess, they, they don't have that same drive or focus, perhaps, on merchandising, um, say for Shrek, which, of course, you know, any number of different things you can do with that franchise. Uh, but maybe it's something they should be looking into. I think so. And I think, I mean, in fairness, they don't have Disney around them. And, you know, Disney pretty much wrote the book when it comes to merchandising. And so DreamWorks clearly has some growing up to do in that regard. But you're absolutely right. In many cases, you can exceed uh, the, the amount of money that you pulled in from box office by having a really strong merchandising strategy. So will it happen on home? I don't think so. But I think what home, what home will likely do is stabilize the studio's uh, finances to the point that they can now start putting money into better merchandising in future. So maybe not this movie, but maybe the next one. No, very good, Carmi. Uh, but, you know, we love to talk about marketing here, too. And I, I know that DreamWorks, obviously, they know how to market, but so do we. And we have a number of resources that I've written about lately on Vox Daily that I think everyone really should either get a refresher on or, or maybe just discover even for the first time. Absolutely. I mean, this is one of the big deals that, you know, when I was first learning about the voice industry, I really didn't know where to go, where to turn first. I think we all have short lists of websites and podcasts and sources of video that we like to go to. Uh, and I'm noticing here that you've put together a, uh, a, a helpful article on Vox Daily that can help us get started. There are certainly all kinds of resources that people can be taking advantage of. Uh, many of you here do listen to Vox Talk, clearly. <laughs> You're listening to it right now, if you are. That's one of the resources that I've pointed out. Um, Voice Over Experts, another podcast that hopefully you're, you're familiar with and that you've tuned into. Um, for some of you, though, who maybe just listen to the podcast, you might not be aware of other resources like our blogs. So Vox Daily is our official blog at Voices.com, and essentially Vox Daily tends to feed all the other channels. So um, what you're hearing about here on Vox Talk could have been inspired by something on Vox Daily or maybe on Voice Over Times. If you've been to voiceovertimes.com, that is another source of, of a kind of a place where we put information that we then turn into really cool stories that we can share with you. And speaking of different channels that we use, we also work a lot with video. So, Carmi, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about the videos we've got going on? Well, we just launched something really cool that we like to call Vox Minutes. And what that is, is if you've only got a minute, maybe two minutes to catch up on what's going on in the voice world um, and you want to watch a quick video, it's almost like it's a very intense, focused message. One thing, you need to learn one thing only. That's what Vox Minute is all about. It, it you know, we, we summarize the news from today. We release it a couple of times a week. It's fresh. It's quick. You can pick it up anywhere. You can watch it on your smartphone or your tablet or your, or your laptop or your regular computer. Um, and, and of course, it isn't just what we think is important. We're taking suggestions from you as well. So uh, anyone that we're talking to, either on the phone or online or on Twitter or on Facebook or LinkedIn, uh, we want to hear from you about the kinds of things that we are talking about in our videos. 
When I was in New York, Carmi, I just talked about these resources all the time because honestly, people don't know about them necessarily. So, uh, for instance, at Edge Studio, I kind of gave a really long talk about what we do and how people can audition better and any number of other things. But um, afterwards, someone had kind of asked me a question or two, and it inspired me to write an entirely long email about all the neat things I could do. And the article that you see on Vox Daily is actually inspired by that very email. So what you're seeing is a kind of a, a personalized a presentation of how we offer help to people to develop their own careers without necessarily spending any money. You know, the only thing that might be of any cost whatsoever is if you decide to go and buy voice acting for dummies. But of course, if it's in your local library, you can find it there for free. I'm really glad you wrote the article because I'm always looking for one-stop shops for where I can find these online resources. And if you look, you know, we've got a Twitter account, we've got Facebook, we've got LinkedIn, and so we're always sharing this information. But one article that, that everything points to is such an amazing resource. If you don't know where to start, I would suggest starting with this piece. We are, in fact, going to be tweeting this out uh, on our Twitter account. Just look for us at Voices, um, and, and we will be tweeting this under the hashtag VoxTalk. Well, that's just awesome. So that's it for the biz, but here's Carmi with Tech Talk. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. Home studios are a popular topic of discussion around here. We've long believed in the power of having your own equipment and how it can transform your voice career. Unfortunately, the cost can quickly add up if you're not careful. We're always looking for some ways to help save you money and to get the best possible equipment for less. But in home studios, there's no such thing as a free lunch, and sometimes the least expensive device can be more expensive in the long run. That seems to be the case with the latest generation of ultra-cheap computers, Stephanie. For $150, Google and its partners would be happy to sell you something that looks like a really nice laptop. And if you are hoping to have a great computer as the centerpiece of your home studio, I know what you're thinking. Sold. But not so fast. The super cheap computer, which Google calls a Chromebook, doesn't work the same way a Windows or Mac computer works. So if you're thinking of loading Pro Tools on it so that you can record and produce your next demo, you might want to think again. That's because these computers don't run a traditional operating system like Windows or Mac OS X. They don't have hard drives. You don't install software on them like you would a traditional computer. In fact, they have to be connected to the internet for them to be useful at all. So what good are they? They're actually good for lots of things, Stephanie, but you have to be very careful about what those uses are. So you know, if you want to use them online, for example, for your mail or for using Google Docs, online productivity apps that you get at through a browser, these things are great. And as it turns out, over time, we're using the internet, we're using our browsers for more and more of our services. But if you want to use it for high-powered applications, so things that really demand major computing power, like loading an, an, an audio program like Audacity or Pro Tools, or if you're editing audio or editing video, that still demands you a, a real computer that lets you install real software on either a hard drive or a solid-state drive. That's going to cost you a lot more than $150, but at the same time, it'll let you do the full range of things that you would do if you were, in fact, producing audio. But if all you're doing is basic office work, you can probably get away with one of these cheap ones as a second machine. I'm so glad that you bring topics up like this, Carmi, because honestly, we're not really thinking about this. Usually the artist is more concerned with their performance and how they're going to interpret a script or deliver something to their client on, you know, material that they're used to working with or, or on machines they're used to working with. So thank you so much for bringing this up because oftentimes, you know, the, the technical side of things doesn't always come into play. Thanks, Stephanie. I'm really glad you mentioned it. Uh, you know, it is so important to have the right equipment and the right equipment can really help you do your job better. And as voice professionals, if you're working 
working from home, you're working on your own, having the right machines at the right price point set up the right way can make the difference between, between getting the work and growing your career and not. So that's it for this week's Tech Talk. Now coming up next, we've got VoxBox. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit more about certain experiences in New York, but we're going to be looking ahead to the Midwest VoiceOver Conference. VoxBox, sharing your audio feedback. All right, on to conferences then. So Carmi, have you ever been to one of the VoiceOver Conferences? I have not, Stephanie, but I sure wish I could. Maybe someday soon. Well, soon enough, Carmi. Now, the Midwest VoiceOver Conference is coming up fast. Now, that's May 7th through the 9th in Worthington, Ohio. And for those of you in the know, that is a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. So, um, and this year, as you know, or you may not know, but you will know now, we're one of the main event sponsors, and we'll have a team down there and can't wait to meet you all. Now, you've been to a lot of these, Stephanie. What are the benefits of being to a conference like this one? definitely getting in front of people who know what they're talking about. I mean, you can be in a vacuum. When you're at home, you you think you're doing everything right, but that's because you have no feedback or you don't really have a mentor or a teacher or other peers that are around you. Um, so definitely just being with other people, hearing from those uh, who are being tapped to speak because there's a reason why they're there. Like you're going to have big, wonderful, intelligent personalities from the biz, and uh, I don't have time to name everyone here because I certainly don't want to miss anybody, um, but you're going to hear from the best of the best, and they're going to talk about anything from the tech you're using all the way through to kind of your creative process, maybe even how to take care of your instrument a bit better. You never know what you're going to hear because some of the most interesting conversations tend to happen out in the hall. There's something comforting about being surrounded informally by some of the best in the business. It validates your position. It helps you grow your knowledge. It helps you make important connections for work that you might get for down the line. And all of that is certainly true. I know I've been to, oh goodness, I don't even know if I can count them, but definitely at least between six to ten industry conferences, if not more. And it's always a blast because you will see people that maybe you met at a previous conference and you'll get to catch up or you'll make new friends. Um, of course, bring your business cards, shake a lot of hands, um, stay hydrated though, go to bed early. Like I know that doesn't happen, but, but what you want to make sure you're doing is that you're getting every little ounce of goodness out of these conferences that you can. Um, as I know, just this past couple of weeks or so ago, uh, Juliana and Jen did go to View Atlanta. And of course, they shared their experiences with you here and just how much fun and how much value that added to their lives. So it's it's just being there. Uh, FaceTime is really important. Um, I think it's highly underrated in our industry because we tend to play off the whole, well, it's so wonderful. You can work from home. You can do all this stuff remotely. You know, everything happens so much faster this way. But there is something to be said for being together with other people. Absolutely. You can only be disconnected for so long. At some point, you've got to get out of your comfort zone, get in front of your peers, and see what happens. Well, no one's an island, right? Like, you've got to be with other people, or else you will be stuck in that spot, wherever that may be, and you may think that you're doing just great, but if you have no one else to measure yourself up against, then then you're at a disadvantage, and, and you could actually be pushing yourself a bit harder, or maybe learning something new that, that would have uh, really changed how you were doing things back at home, and upped your game that much more. Sounds amazing. I can't wait to hear all about the Midwest VoiceOver Conference, and certainly we'll, uh, there's a, a full calendar of events for the rest of the year. We'll be covering those as well. So, Carmi, I know at these conferences they happen to drink a lot of tea. In Atlanta they certainly did, but something I don't quite know about you, though, is if you drink a lot of tea. Well, um, this is uh, we're among friends here, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, this is good, because uh, I'm going to admit I do have a slight 
tea addiction. I probably consume, yeah, I know, it's, it's bad. I consume more than my statistically fair share of tea. Uh, in fact, there's you know, probably a small island nation that produces tea just for me. My goodness, Carmi, that, that's a lot of tea. So what do you put in it? Well, you know, whatever's close by. Sugar, maybe honey, but, you know, I'm guessing maybe I should be a little more methodical about it. Well, I'll tell you something crazy. When it comes to tea, I like crazy. Well, two days ago, I kind of went on a personal quest. And I know I'm not crying, folks. I'm just, I'm laughing because I can't believe this is happening to me. Um, but I haven't had sugar in two days. Ooh, and that's um, impressive. for someone who is used to having sugar in their tea, like every day, say three times a day, you know, I go to my workhorse. I, I usually drink an orange Pico, you know, Yorkshire Gold. Um, I, I really like the black tea. And, and anyway, you know, in order to make that tea palatable, it does take a fair amount of sugar. But anyway, something that I realized when I was at Edge Studio, actually, some, someone very kind had pointed out to me after hearing me struggle to speak for eight hours one day, um, you know, Stephanie. No more sugar in your tea. You're having honey tonight. Ooh, and cold I was turkey. like, oh, but I had sugar earlier in that day. So I was like, oh, fine, whatever, you know. And, and so I had the tea with just honey in it. And my voice was actually really, really healthy. And it, it, it just kept working for me. I didn't have to make it work. You know, like maybe if you have a cough or an allergy or something, you know, there's challenges that go along with that. But but if it's, you know, the honey itself is actually, and I don't know if this is just in my head or whatever, I'm not a doctor, but it, it did actually make quite a big of a difference. I don't know what it was about the honey, but it made a difference. So sugar, I'm not saying it's evil. Although I'm sure a lot of people are, you know, saying it's one of the white poisons or whatever. But, you know, the honey, it did something for me that the sugar clearly did not. And I have to admit, when I drink tea with honey, I think I enjoy it a little bit more. I t maybe I take a little bit more time to drink it. The consistency is smoother. It just feels better. On a cold Canadian winter's morning, there's just something about tea with honey. And you're right. It, I, I don't have any empirical, scientific, medical evidence to prove that it's better or different in any way, but I know it feels right. And I think if you're a voice professional and you're looking for tips to take better care of your voice, Try the things that make you feel better. Science, no science, it almost doesn't matter. If it puts you in a better frame of mind and a better frame of voice before that mic goes on, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so again, like I'm very grateful to the, the very kind individual who is very knowledgeable about the voice, and she pointed it out to me, and you know, having no sugar for the last two days in my tea hasn't really done much to me, I must say. It's not like I'm having withdrawal, I'm not getting headaches, uh, you know, I'm still getting the caffeine, and mm -hmm. maybe that's the most important part of that process. It's not like a cut tea out altogether, Blessed right? caffeine, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, but the honey is working out really, really well, and um, I was wondering about this, so I asked some people on my Facebook profile what they thought about it. I said, look, I've just cut out sugar. I'm using honey. Um, you know, are any of you doing this? And you'd be amazed by how many people have actually replied. And we have an article in the works that probably will be live by the time you hear this uh, podcast on Vox Daily, just about how other voiceover professionals are choosing honey over any other kind of substitute for that and, and why it's helping them in and how. Oh, I can't wait to see what everyone has to say. This is a great topic. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you for tuning in to Vox Talk. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. And I'm Carmi Levy. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Just use the hashtag VoxTalk. We'll be back at the mic next week. Until then, hope you have a happy Easter and a great Passover. See you then.